Hey family, thank you so much for joining us here on our YouTube channel. We pray that this sermon touches your heart and changes your life, that you and I would all be conformed into the image of His Son, Jesus. And hey, if you wanna to continue to see more word like this and help us get this message of truth, this message of Jesus out to a hurting world. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. I wanna encourage you to be one of our truth partners. And you can do that by texting truth partner, one word, to 53555 today. And help us get this message of truth out to so many broken people. You and I and the whole world simply need Jesus. We love you. Thank you for being a truth partner. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon. Subscribe, ring that bell for future notifications. God bless you. Um, I want to invite uh, to the stage now, I want to invite my, uh, my dad and my uncle and my, my two sons. I want you guys to come on up here uh, with me. And um, what I thought I'd do today is something different. Uh, I'm so glad to have them here. And my mom is here in a beautiful blue jacket. Give her a big God bless you. It's my mom. Come on, amen. Thank God for my mother. And uh, we've got, yeah, you guys can sit down. And then we've got my uncle here all the way from the Bahamas. Where he is convinced where God lives. And around January and February, I believe him. And uh, anybody else feel the leading of the Lord to go to the Bahamas to start a ministry around January and February? Anybody else feel, just feel God in that, you know? And, and then my dad is here today. Give my dad a big God bless you from the Bahamas. And uh, so we've got two Bahamians up here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> They look good, don't they look good? Looks like the Godfather. <laughs> and then we got Alexander up here, 17, yeah. and Nicholas up here, 15. Yeah. Oh, it's so great having you guys. So uh, one, two, three generations up here today serving Jesus, amen. And, you know, my, my dad is such a key uh, factor in that, I always say, because, you know, I believe in breaking um, generational curses and handing down generational blessings. Right. And, you know, my dad just decided, you know, things, you know, it ran in our family until it ran into him. And it's over. And now instead of handing down a curse, you hand down a blessing that your children's children's children serve the Lord. I want you to see it. It's not just pie in the sky that it exists. Can I get an amen about that? How many of you want your children's 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 children? That's a promise from the, from the Lord. And so I wanted you guys to, to see God's faithfulness uh, up here. And so what I thought we'd do today, and I'm going to kind of MC, okay? But I thought we would... Um, just take a chapter. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Romans. Uh, bring your Bibles when you come to church, amen? So I'm not gonna shut up about it either. Bring your Bibles when you come to church. And so um, uh, I thought we'd go to Romans, and I thought what we'd do is just kinda uh, exegete uh, and, and talk through a chapter. And, and we do this at home. So we'll sit down, and we were doing this last night. We'll just sit down, open up the Bible, and just talk it through. And it's beautiful to see what God, what God does. So what we thought we'd do is let you guys just sit in on um, our discussion today on Romans. On, and maybe we'll do a little more, but I think we'll just do some of Romans 8. And so I'm going to kick this off. Is that okay? Is that all right? And, and, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do different moving forward. But Romans 8, it, this is the Apostle Paul, and he says, therefore, you know, I need somebody, do you have a pen on you? Bring me one of those pens over there. Therefore, now, Romans 8, verse 1, um, there is no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus who walk, 
not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You know, it's been said that God's speed is three miles an hour. Three miles an hour. Because that's the, that's the average speed a human being walks. How many of you want to walk with the Lord? So, you know, when we talk about God's speed, most people think you've got to go really fast, and most people are trying to speed their life up. But really, in order to walk with the Lord, you probably need to slow down. The Bible says that Adam walked with God and was not, that Enoch walked with God. And in order to walk with the Lord, you're going to have to slow down and spend time with him. Praise the Lord. So, who walks not after the flesh, but, of, but after the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life is in Christ Jesus, has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his only Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Verse four, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There it is again. We don't walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do not mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Last verse. For to be carnally minded is death. Carnal, like carnivorous, like a carnivorous eating animal, fleshly eating animal, flesh. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So unpack that for us, Dad. Amen. We're talking about the walk of the spirit or the walk of the flesh. So many uh, Christians today who profess Christ continue to walk the old life, which is the flesh life, which is the self life. The self is the old man, which is you. Okay? Void of God. So you profess Christ, but you're not walking with God. That's why you're struggling. That's why... Struggling's Christian for still doing it. Yes. And not accomplishing it. And you get frustrated. And uh, because you continue to doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yes, yet professing Christ. So you live a defeated life. You never come into your potential. You never see what God has for you. You, you, you uh, never at peace with yourself. And you're not growing. And so you're not accomplishing much. And that's frustrating. The walk of the flesh and the walk of the spirit. God said, I want you to walk with me, which is the walk of the spirit. And to walk of the spirit is to walk with Christ. Mm. And to walk with Christ is that walk of victory, that, that overcoming life, that triumphant life, yeah. that abundant life, that full life where you come into your full potential, where you see the favor and the hand of God upon your life, where you are at peace, you are filled with joy, you are excited, and the Lord is walking with you. And this is what God wants for us. The scripture said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made us free, free from the law of sin free. and death. In this life, you're going to be governed by two laws. You've got to choose which one you're going to be governed to. The law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, or the law of sin and death. You can't cut it no other way. You have to make up your mind which road I'm going to, I'm That's going right. down. That's right. I'm not, I refuse to walk in the spirit of the law of sin and death because everything you touch will disintegrate because that's the law of sin and death. Okay? I, I, I hear people say, I work all my life and I have nothing. I do all this and I can't accomplish anything. They're walking under the law of sin and death without Christ. Come under the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. Say life, 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 life. life. Jesus said, choose life, choose life that you and your seed might live. So we come under the law of the spirit of life. And I like that, the spirit of life. Right. So it's not, your, it's not you doing it in your own strength, in your ability, in your power. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, spirit saith the Lord of hosts. Right. So he, the Holy Spirit, enables you, 
gird you, strengthen you, lead you, direct you, help you, teach you, anoint you, empower you, fill you with joy, all peace, of all of it. All of it. Only by him. Only by him. Only by him. And you, you know, move away. And you quit sweating it. Yeah. You know, we, we, we get antsy and stressful, filled with, stressful and filled with anxiety. Anxiety? So many people with anxiety. Yes. Stress and yes. fear and can't yes. sleep. Yes. Yes. I remember, uh, Jonathan, the Lord, uh, I had a situation I had to deal with, and I got back in my flesh. What? Yes, you did. As long as you're in the flesh, you still have to deal with your flesh. And the Lord came to me and said, what are you sweating this for? What? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, and I had to regroup and I said, wait a minute, where did this come from? You know, because I don't walk like that. And I had to get it right again. You understand what I'm saying? And so God wants us to walk where, where life becomes a joy. Yes. When he blesses, he addeth no sorrow to it. Right. Okay. He wants your life to be filled with joy. I have come that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Filled. Oh, isn't that powerful? That's amazing. So good. Hallelujah. And then it says here in verse, verse, uh, let's see. Let me skip down a little bit. Therefore, verse 12, therefore, brethren. Actually, let me, yeah, let's go to verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. We're not in debt anymore. No. To sin. Because that's what sin is. Yeah. Okay, we're not in debt anymore. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, and ye have not received the spirit of bondage. So many people live in bondage. And Uncle, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this one to you, but live in bondage again. Again and again and again in bondage to fear, but ye have not received this. Uh, I'm sorry, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. So, Uncle, talk to us about how we can live free from bondage. Amen. We we don't owe the flesh anything. So when you feel like doing what you used to do before you got saved, you can say, you know, I don't, I don't owe myself that. I don't owe my old nature that. So, so you are no longer in bondage to that. In other words, as much as your flesh will try to tell you, you really don't have to. It's so important to understand that you do not have to. You could do it if you want, but you don't have to. And if you have that understanding and you walk in that knowledge, then you will realize that the Spirit of God is the power that rises up in you, that fortifies that determination. Somebody, the old people used to say, the, the half of the journey is a made of mind. Once you make up your mind, you're, you're halfway there. Yeah, that's true. And Once so, you're at the gym, you're halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard, it's just getting there, it's hard. I gotta you know, uh, myself there. A lot of the Christian living, the Christian day-to-day the -day living is, is getting it, you know, dealing with that opposing force. Paul talks about it so well in, in Romans 7, you know. Remember, your flesh will always want to do what you used to do. But now you have to say, listen, I don't owe you that. I don't owe you anything. And so you will be walking by the energizing power. Now, you know, I like to always get into dynamics, like how things work, but I won't do that here. But I'll just say simply this, that if you just say, Holy Spirit, take control. And then you move. And as you move, God will steer you. But you got to move. Because we've been adopted. Spirit yep. of adoption. Talk yep. about that. Right. Now, you know, they say there was uh, the adopted child says, you know, well, you know, you guys, he got, mom and dad got stuck with you, but they chose me. 
Well, <laughs> being adopted is very special, uh, very special term. Yeah, because God chosen. chose you. Many are called, but few are chosen. Yeah. God chose you. And how, did God, how do you become the chosen? You, you become the chosen by choosing God. So you choose to be the chosen. And you are adopted. In other words, you have been endued and given all of the privileges and, and authorities and benefits of a, of a natural-born uh, child, if you're speaking in the natural life. But we have been adopted by the Spirit. So we are sons of God. We are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. So all that God has is ours. It's available to us. I love that. He chose us. That's right. Because yeah. I lined all the kids up one day, and I told them, <laughs> out of all of you, your mother's the only one I chose. <laughs> I didn't choose you guys. You just came along. They just came along. <laughs> but... But God chose you. Come on. How many of you are thankful that the Lord chose you? Chosen. And he knew everything there was to know about you. Yep, and still chose And said, I still choose you. Yep. So we don't have this orphan mentality of like, well, I've got to look out for myself. I've got to provide for myself. I have to make this happen because the Lord chose us. We have yep. a father. We belong. We belong. Yeah. And then it talks about here in verse... Um, Let's see, verse 26, to skip forward, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Very famous verse. It helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we are. That we're going to face certain things in life that you don't even know what ought to be done. How many of you have ever had life throw you something and you go, I don't even know what ought to be done about that? All the parents can say amen. Mike Tyson says everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. How many, of you, how many of you have ever had life punch you in the face and mess up your wonderful little plans? But it says, likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, meaning it intercedes for us. And he that searcheth the hearts, the hearts, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, talk about this, Dad. Amen. That is so powerful. He maketh intercession for us according to the will of God. It's important to be in God's will. It's important to walk and to live in his will. And not your will. Jesus conformed his will to the will of the Father. Not my will, but thine. Be done. Be done. That's total surrender. Total submission and total obedience. Obedience is to be better than sacrifice. So we come totally to God, totally dependent upon him. Like little children. Often says little children never worry about uh, paying the mortgage. Yeah. Or paying the, they don't worry. the car payment. They don't think about it. that the lights stuff. on, food on the table. Thanks for all this light yeah, yes. in here. I can yeah, they, see. they just, uh, that, that's not even the, in their minds, in their little hearts. They just know that dad will take care of all of that. And they go play. And all is well. Well, God is our heavenly father. And he'll move heaven and earth for you. Come on. He loves you. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk the brightly before him. God wants your faith, your love, your trust. Leaning not into your own understanding, but you come like little children. Except you come like little children to God, you shall by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. Children doesn't uh, uh, reason. They just have faith that, that, that daddy's going to take care of that. And they go play. And so we come to daddy, our father, Elohim, Abba. And, and as little children, we believe God for every day of our life. Father, give us this day our daily bread. My God, meeting every need, walking with God, trusting him in every area, spiritual, physical, mentally, emotionally, in every facet of your life. God is in it. I often say never leave God out of the equation of life. Yeah. For he is so life. Good. He is your life, but he is life. So never abandon him. Always include him. And if you do, then he becomes a part 
of what you're doing. And he will bless it. He will prosper it. He'll bring, it'll cause it to be fruitful and you'll be blessed and uh, your life will be fruitful for it. So I thank God for that. Amen. And it says, it helps in our furnace, for we know not what we should pray for as we offer. The Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession according to the will of God. As bad as you want God's will for your life, he wants it more. That's right. Isn't it good to have peace in that? Because I know how bad I want it. And when I was, I was in my early 20s, I was trying to decide whether or not to move to Minnesota. And I remember... I went to um, a camp meeting in Virginia, and I met with Raymond Culpepper. Remember Raymond Culpepper? Sure do. And I met with Raymond Culpepper, and I got in his pickup truck after, and I was trying to, I was telling him, you know, I'm vacillating whether or not I should move to Minnesota, because, well, it's Minnesota. And, and, uh, and I was concerned, because when I came to Minnesota, to my shock and horror, I felt the peace of God. And, um, and, and Raymond sat me down and he said, Jonathan, he said, listen, God's will, I'll never forget it, he says, God's will is a canyon, it's not a tightrope. And that was so freeing for me. Because he said, he said, son, as bad as you want God's will for your life, he wants it more. He says, as long as you're moving in the right direction, and there's no sin in your life, and, you're, and you are pursuing his will, he, this is what he told me that freed me. He said, he loves you too much to let you miss it. And that was so freeing for me. And I knew as long as I didn't have sin in my heart, as long, I knew as long as I was running after it, I was pursuing it, he loved me too much to let me miss it. And that was such a beautiful thing. And that freed me, and it let me know I'm not an orphan. And then this verse here, uh, very famous verse, verse 28, and we know that all things, everybody say all things, Work together. It says all things, not just the good things. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And sometimes there's more ugly and bad than good. God's done a lot through ugly. You know, and, and everything, all of it, but all things. Everybody say all things. Because we tend to think that it's just the good things that are God and the bad things are the enemy. And the ugly things are the enemy. But God, God works all things together for the good of them. Remember, like Joseph, they, they sold him, and he says, you meant it for ugly, but God made it good, right? God, how many of you ever had people do you wrong, but God made it good? And sometimes you've had to pick up the phone and say, thank you for leaving me. Thank you for breaking my heart. Thank you for walking away from me. Thank me for firing me. All of those kind of things. Anybody's ever had, God made it good. Everybody say, God made it good. God made it good. That all things work together for the good of them, that love the Lord and are called according, not to your purpose, but to his purpose. And then this verse I'm going to throw to you guys. It says, for, for whom he did foreknow, he did also predestine. How many of you want to live in your destiny? Your destiny is not just to make a bunch of money, although that could be wonderful. Your destiny is not to have a bunch of degrees, although that could be wonderful. Your destiny is... is your destiny, if you're single, is not to be married. That's not your destiny. If you're married, your destiny is not just to have kids. Your destiny is more eternal than that. Your destiny is bigger than being YouTube famous. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your destiny is bigger than this. It's not just have a bunch of degrees or make money or be famous. Your destiny, here it is, for those he did foreknow, he also predestined. Your destiny, everybody say, I want my destiny to be conformed into the image of his son. Your destiny is to be like Jesus. That's your destiny. Do your kids know their destiny? Nicholas, on Father's Day this year, I got up, I'm walking through the house, he walks up to me and goes, Happy Father's Day, I'm 5'11". That's what he said to me, first thing out of his mouth. Happy Father's Day, I'm 5'11". Because since he was a little guy, his, his dream was to be able to look me in the eye. This was his dream. To be in my stature. To be able to wear my shoes. Where's the 13 like me? 
I'm praying he goes to a 14, 15 so I can get my shoes back. <laughs> this is his dream, to be like his father. This was his dream, to be able to look me in the eye. This should be our dream with Jesus, to grow into the stature, to be able to see Jesus in the eyes. And when you see his eyes, they are a consuming fire. And the closer you get to Jesus, he, he, I used to think he would add things for me to do. But I'm realizing the closer I've got to him, the closer I get to him, the more he takes things away. He takes people away. He takes things away. He takes desires away. He takes all these things away. And you go, Lord, I'm not, you know, you're taking everything out of my life. And he goes, that's right. And I go, well, what am I going to be left with? And he goes, me. Me. And he becomes your dream. You want to sleep? Let Jesus become your dream. Because the reward of having Jesus is not money. The reward of having Jesus is not fame. If you're single, the reward of having Jesus is not a spouse. The reward of having Jesus is Jesus. The Lord told Abraham, I am your exceeding and great reward. And so I want to ask you, Nicholas, as a 15-year-old, what, what's your, your heart, your desire to say, I want to be like the Lord? And you're getting up early. You're spending time with Jesus. What, what changes are you seeing? And then what do you see happens when you don't spend time with the Lord? What are you seeing? Talk to me about what God's doing in your life. Well, first of all, um, why I spend time with Jesus? And um, there's many reasons why I should. But I think for my generation, Gen Z, um, a lot of people think our generation's like, I don't know, like the fallen generation that um, we just don't, we're not like Jesus at all. Um, just throw them away. It's going to be fall of America. That our generation, right? But I think my job um, to spend time with Jesus is because to show teenagers that no, our teenage, that we can be holy, that we can represent Jesus in many ways. To spend time with Jesus, that we don't have to think ourselves like we're just like, I don't want to say garbage, just like just throw ourselves away. Like we don't have to be them. We can like spend time with Jesus. We can be holy. And um, what happens when I spend time with Jesus? Um, I listen to my parents a lot more. <laughs> um, He's a precious child when he spends time with the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get my, my schools accomplished in time. Um, when I don't spend time with Jesus, uh, let's just say I'm not like Jesus. It's a fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like Jesus. No. Yeah, well, that's for all of us. Yeah. You know, I mean, my Lord, if Joanne doesn't pray, it's... It's <laughs> all, so, bless God. That's, that's true. And it's not a fallen generation. Mm-mm. No. It's a, it's a blessed generation. Blessed, holy. And your generation is going to know Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. Hot stuff. What's, uh, talk to me about, you know, how you have to pray so you don't get, you know, prideful when you look in the mirror. Um, I was going to ask you that same question, too. Yeah. <laughs> So, t- so talk to us about what God's doing in your heart, getting up, spending time with the Lord, and, and what changes do you see within your heart in, in becoming like him as you spend time with him, or what happens when you don't? Well, when I get up in the morning and I ask God, and I, sorry, I pray to God, and I spend time with him, he guides me because right now what I'm asking for is wisdom because there's so many doors I can go down but I don't know which one is the right one. And in my age, and being a senior, that's where most teenagers are being. It's like, which store do I go down? Do I go to college? Do I do ministry? Do I start my own business? Get a job somewhere? And it's hard to know which one's the right path because they all seem like the right path. Because so many people have done all these separate paths and success in them. Sorry, succeeded in them. And it's hard for me too because I love ministry and I love, I'm always want to do it. And, but I also see like maybe I go to college too. But I've, God's been guiding me in ways where I'm like, okay, this might be a no, this might be a no. Ministry is a yes. And I've viewed colleges, I've looked around and 
they don't have anything that offer me that I know that God wants me to do, to strengthen my gift that he's given me, to worship him and lift his name up and to lead people to him. And I know that my, I know that my strengths are here in ministry. And I know that he wants me to go down the path that he has for me. And what I sometimes what I have to ask is just, Lord, shine a bright light down the path that you have for me so I don't see any other ones that may be the wrong one. So good. So maybe I'm supposed to go to school, maybe I'm supposed to do this, maybe I'm supposed to do that, and not just doing something because everybody else is doing it, but really like, God, what is your plan for my life? And, and pursuing that, it's hard to do. It's a really hard thing to do. So I commend you guys for it, great job. And verse 31 says, what shall we say then? This is a very famous verse here. Um, if God be for us. That's right. God be for us. I know, you're up here, we can all preach an hour on that. If God be for us, who? Who can, who can be against us? You know, the question you really should ask, I heard it asked the other day. It said, what would you, what would you do, what would you start doing if you knew you couldn't fail? So many people fail, uh, or I'm sorry, don't try, because people talk them out of it. Right. True. People talk, yeah, oh, you're probably going to fail. You're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to accomplish that. You know, if I talk to people, if I go, I want to do an Ironman, and I go talk to somebody who's done an Ironman, they'll go, you can do it. You could totally do it. If you train, you do this, you could do it. If I talk to somebody who there's no chance of doing an Ironman, they'll tell me, you can't do it. Because they can't do it. Have you noticed that? They'll tell you. If you go, to, if you go talk to, to multi-millionaires, they'll tell you, you could be a millionaire. You could totally do it. All you got to do. And you talk to people who are not, they'll say, you can't do that. Because they're not. Stop hanging around those people. Come on, can, can I get an amen about it? Quit hanging around those people. They will talk you out of your dreams. And the things that God's put down in your heart. When I go to people and I share my dream with them and they don't sound excited, you know what I do? I don't ever tell them another dream. I go in my heart, I go, you've lost the opportunity to hear my dreams again. I don't, I don't tell them my dreams anymore. Because I want, I want to be around people who, who can help me accomplish the things that God's put down in my heart, not talk me out of it. So when you, this year, God's not through with this year. Some of y'all are already like, well, this is a loss. You've already written it off as a total loss. I still plan on losing 10 pounds before this year's over. To God be the glory. What would you start tomorrow if you knew you couldn't fail? If failure was not an option, what would you do? I guarantee you. You would, you would do a many new things. Because if God be for us. So everybody lift their hands right now. I prophesy, everybody say this. If God be for me, who, who can be against me? Come on, give God praise if you believe it. Verse 32, and he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us, how shall he not freely give us all things? If you gave us your child, what will you not give? I mean, my goodness, if you give your son, your daughter, what would you not give? This is what he's talking about here. And then he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, I'm gonna throw this one to you, uncle, shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, all these kind of things. You know, we're, we're, we're leaning into the last days here. Jesus is coming soon, church. I'm telling you, he is coming soon. There's gonna be a Sunday morning, I'm not gonna be here. And if you're here, you can preach, you can do whatever you want, because I'll be God. Amen, Eddie? We'll be God. But, but the, we're, we're in the last days here, and it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And and then verse 37, he answers his own question. He says, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Talk a little bit about how that time with the Lord. You know, my uncle gets up every morning. What time do you get up? 
He doesn't want to talk. He gets up like three, four o'clock in the morning. I mean, serious walk with the Lord. But all these guys, serious walk with the Lord and praise. And, and talk, talk to the people about how spending time with the Lord um, brings that peace in your heart. So that no matter what, no matter what you walk through, you, you, you have a joy and a peace in your heart. The, I think the, the real goal and, and achievement point in walking with the Lord is to get that understanding that your life is hid with Christ in God. So all that they talk about, tribulation, famine, sword, that is not coming to you because you're hidden. That's coming to God. So God's taken all of that. That's why you are more than a conqueror. Now, what does it mean to be more than a conqueror? We know what a conqueror is. A conqueror is one who takes over and subdues and controls. But being more than a conqueror is one who begins to colonize this. So it's, your life is not just about being saved and keeping your head above water, but your life is about advancing and establishing the kingdom of God in your world. Colonizing. More than just being a conqueror. More than just overcoming the, the fleshly, carnal, sinful life. But now you are more, because why? You are advancing the kingdom. You're establishing the kingdom. You're saving souls. You're changing lives. You are an extended hand of God. And all the stuff that comes, it ain't coming to you because you're hid with Christ in God. So that's God. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Because remember, the host is always greater than you. You're like a little flock, like David was when the Philistines, he was like a little flock, and the army was all around. And God says, this battle is mine. The battle is mine. I will, I will fight. There is none who can fight against the Lord and win. There is no wisdom, no understanding, and no counsel that can stand against God. So it's more than just conquering. God's doing all that, not just to save us, but so we can be partners and we can advance the kingdom. You know, I always say that this Christian life is a pilot project for eternity. You know what a pilot project is? You do something small so that before you do it big. Well, this is what it is. As you are known, so will you be known. So if you get with God and God transforms you, that's how it's going to be with you for eternity. So, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. First. That's right. Power. The devil only understands power. Evil only understands force and power. And it's not by might nor by power, but that by his spirit. That, that power is spiritual power. And so we have victory. That's we how can we're able walk, to conquer. We can walk in confidence. You see, confidence is, is akin could be a cousin to courage, and courage is action in the midst of fear. Doing things when you are afraid, but you do it anyhow. And that's what God gives us. God gives us to, to, the power to forcefully advance the kingdom, to, to, to pray for that person, to, to reach out to that person, to do that act of love, even though we may feel like, well, I might be accepted or I may be rejected or, or criticized. Just go right ahead, move. It's in the power of his spirit. And so all these things that will happen to you, you just, like water on a duck's back, you just throw it off. Jonathan taught me a term this passage. Jonathan taught me a term this morning. <laughs> a term this morning, I'm, I'm going to take it and use it. And he says, you know, when people, like, do your stuff, you say, oh, oh uh, I'm not worried about it because I can afford it. I love that. So when people wrong me, I don't have to go after them because I can afford it. Yeah. Offense is poverty. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. So I, I borrowed that from him. I learned another I, term this week called a snacksident. <laughs> it's when you eat all the snacks on accident. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's one to avoid. Anybody's ever had a snacksident? <laughs> 
So, so live your life, live your life in confidence, knowing that all things work together for good. Now, what does that mean? That means that whatever happens to you, good, bad, or ugly, because you are a child of God, because God reigns and rules through your, in your spirit and through your spirit, that means he automatically enters into that situation, and by his sheer authority and power, he rests control and begins to work it and turn it and change it and move it and transform it so that when he's finished, it works All for your for good. All for good. Come on, somebody say Hallelujah. amen about that. Okay, last two verses. We're going to get through this chapter. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Take that one. Amen. That's exciting. Jesus is coming again. Amen. Two of you. Jesus is coming again. Soon and very soon we're Woo! going to see the king. He's not coming back for a defeated people. No. He's coming back for a triumphant, overcoming, victorious people. That's right. Amen. Who is looking unto them that look for him. Shall he appear unto them the second time without sin unto salvation. For our conversation should be heavenly. From whence we look to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change these old vile bodies, that it may be fashioned unto his glorious body. He's coming soon. Come on. I'm excited about it. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. I, it could be next year. I don't know, but I'm looking. I'm watching. I'm waiting. And nothing in this world will keep me. Nothing. From his appearing. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. And you have to make that your aim as a declaration. I am determined to behold my Lord. Come I'm on. determined to behold the God of my salvation. Amen. The Lord who loved me so much and gave his life for me. A ransom for many who washed me from all of my sins, who sanctified my heart and made me holy that I can walk with God Amen. in this earthly realm, That's right. I can walk with God throughout eternity. Yes. I say, even so, come Lord Jesus. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. Hallelujah. Come Amen. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He that hath this hope in himself, purify. You stay focused and let everything else become a blur. God will do it. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Keep your eyes. Don't get ready. Be ready. I heard when preachers say he's no longer looking, he's listening for that trumpet. And this is what we do. We sit around the table and preach. Make Alexander Nicholas come... Getting prayer we, again we, and again and again. We are the Brothers of Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy <laughs> Uncle. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and Dad, you see how he is when he, you, he's sitting down. I'd be like a little kid. He'd be talking to me like that. Just me one, preaching to me. You're going to get saved in Jesus' name. And uh, it's so beautiful. I love seeing godly legacy. Can I get an amen about that? Isn't that beautiful? And so, Dad, tonight, here's what we're going to do. Dad, uh, tonight at 4.30, I called a, a, a prayer service. And so um, I know it's last minute, but I called a prayer service. I want our church to be known more and more for prayer. I agree with and so um, if you can come back, come back. We're going to have an hour of prayer. And my dad and my uncle, all of us, we're going to be ministering. Um, my mom, we're, if you need prayer, I want you to come back tonight. We're going to be laying hands on people and believing God. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've seen God do more miracles um, through my, my family than pretty much anybody else I, I've ever done ministry with. And so I believe... you. 
how many of you know we serve a miracle working God? Can I get an amen about that? So you need a miracle, you know somebody needs a miracle, come back tonight, we're gonna pray at 4.30. Jonathan, I was here last year and I prayed for the, the body of Christ. Uh, I went out in the lobby and I had nine people came in to me and said I was healed. Uh, I got, uh, uh, God blessed me financially. God uh, opened a door for me. God provided. Only the Lord. Many healings. So uh, I rejoice in that. To know that even though you don't see it at the moment, it happens. Amen. God does it. And so a miracle is on the way for you. Believe Jesus God. Name. Come with the spirit of faith, spirit of expectancy, looking, expecting, believing to receive from your Father. He loves you. Amen. He loves you. Amen. And nothing will He withhold from no, you. No good thing. He cares about you. So take that. Come in faith. You. I'll come over here. Here's what I want to do. There's two things I want to do before we leave. Is I want to. I want to. This is one of our vision items was that we would get our, get our cross. Can I get an amen about that? And so we, we, haven't, we haven't taken our vision offering up yet, but I went ahead and ordered the cross. And this is our cross to go out. This is one of a few to go outside of our building because we want people to know we're not ashamed of the price Jesus paid for our freedom. Amen? And with our, I love our logo, our smile. But people, you know, it's like they see that smile and they're like, it's like a liberal arch church. What is this place? You know, so we want people to know that we believe in the cross of Jesus Christ. And so we've purchased our, our, our metal cross here. And this is going to go outside of our building. And I believe there's going to be many people who come to the cross, pray at the cross, teenagers who come and pray at the cross. But I wanted to anoint it with oil today. And I wanted to dedicate the cross before we take it and put it outside permanently. Can I get an amen about that? So I'm going to ask dad to pray and we're going to anoint it. Would you stretch forth your hands for this anointing service? And I want us to anoint the cross. Father, we anoint this cross this day in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. We consecrate it, dedicate it to you as a witness, as a symbol. I declare the cross is our statue of liberty, freedom from sin, from death, hell, the grave. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Paul declares, I glory, save in no other, but the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Lord, let this light shine in a darkened world, that those who see it, the presence of God will witness to their spirit and their heart. Let this cross be a drawing symbol to Christ as a reminder of the price he paid, the blood he shed, the cross he bore, the life he gave, the sacrifice, the soul. His soul was offered for the sins of humanity that men may look upon it and they will, will know that there's a God who loved them and his name is Jesus. And Jesus, you said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. We consecrate and dedicate the symbol of liberty, freedom for our salvation in the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Father, use this as a witness in two. Use this as a symbol, oh God, to a darkened world that there is light that shines. And Jesus, you are our light. For you declare, arise and shine, for thy light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee I thank you for the cross I thank you for your sacrifice I thank you for your love I thank you for all that you have accomplished in our stead as a people as a church as a believer for the sins and the souls of humanity we lift you high in worship we celebrate you we adore you we exalt you we glorify you today in the name of jesus we consecrate it in your name in jesus name and the body of christ said amen 
Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hey, I know that this sermon blessed your heart. I hope it's been an encouragement to you to become more like Jesus. That's our heart and that's our prayer. He's the X on the treasure map. He is the topic of heaven. Everything is all about Jesus. And I want to encourage you, get up in the morning, spend time with him, pray, seek his heart, seek his face, and uh, see what he will do in your life. Before you go, I want to ask you to prayerfully consider being a truth partner. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, it reminds me of Aquila and Priscilla, who would, sh who would help the Apostle Paul spread the message of truth. A couple, a married couple, uh, you know, would just invest to spread the message of truth to so many hurting people. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He is truth. And you can be a truth partner today by simply texting truth partner, one word, to 53555. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the channel, click that little bell for notifications. But thank you for your generosity. So many of you give online, you give throughout the week, all over the nation. And I just wanna say thank you so much. We're using this resource to continue to get this message of truth out to so many broken and hurting people. And uh, we want to be a blessing to you. And so let us know how we can pray for you. You know, comment below. There's a lot of resources on uh, my website uh, that are available to you. But we want you to know how much we love you. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for being a truth partner. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon.